This podcast is supported by Starglow Media's Mysteries About True Histories. From the creators of the hit top-ranking kids educational podcast in the world, Who Smarted, the Emmy-nominated Nat Geo Disney Plus's Brain Games and Netflix's Brainchild, comes Mysteries About True Histories, affectionately known as M-A-T-H, or math, in which kids ages six and up can hear humorous and educational stories that follow two best friends, Max and Molly, while they go on adventures through time, solving puzzles, hidden equations, talking about history, and making learning cool. Episodes transport listeners to moments in history like Pythagoras's ancient Greece, the era of the Aztecs, Sir Isaac Newton's England, and more. When I drive my son to school in the morning, we listen to these episodes that fit perfectly in our commute, with the episodes being about 15 minutes long. And this podcast is right up my son's alley because he loves to solve problems and happens to love math and the types of punny jokes that Max likes to tell. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. Welcome to Mom and Mind. This is a podcast all about perinatal mental health and wellness related to conception, pregnancy, birth, loss, postpartum, and new parenthood. But more than that, we aim to deepen our truths, shed light on real issues, speak about our pain, feel understood, and offer a path to healing. We raise the volume on these topics in hopes that someday everyone will have the support and information that they deserve before they need it. Please note this podcast is not a replacement for treatment by a professional or professional training. Welcome back to Mom and Mind. I'm your host, Dr. Kat. I'm really happy to be back with you after a short break. I took a little time off of the podcast for several weeks to get some rest and focus on family for a bit. In the meantime, I've been doing some deep thinking about the podcast and perinatal mental health in general and how to continue the movement forward specifically through our neck of the woods here on the podcast. I really believe and deeply feel that more information and awareness and support really need to get to mothers and families. And more specifically, I think that we can really improve our efforts at prevention. And I'm hopeful to have that reflected in the podcast this year. Just really asking the question, how can we improve the lives of mothers, fathers, babies, couples? It's a complicated issue or set of issues. There's multiple things involved. There's, of course, prevention, which I hope to discuss more in the podcast this year. There's really understanding what's going on during this period of time and helping doctors and medical providers and anyone really who touches pregnant or postpartum women to have the training that they need to understand it. There's societal issues, cultural issues, systemic issues that are all impacting birth and pregnancy and postpartum. So, you know, we're still going to aim to address any and all of these issues here. One of the things I see in particular is something that happens internally for the mother or father or whoever is suffering during the postpartum. It's often something that we don't see, and it's often something that they don't talk about. And, not to be vague, but it's something that we all contribute to as a society. I think we really need to change our culture of perfection or nothing and into a culture of compassion and flexibility. 
I really think this is a key to combat stigma and guilt and shame and all of these unseen forces on mothers and families that they end up processing internally. So I'm going to narrow it down a little bit. I'm going to talk a little bit about developing self-compassion and how others can be more compassionate towards those who are suffering or struggling. So shorthand, if you're in it, if you're in the thick of it, be kind to yourself and allow for learning to happen. If you're not in it, you're on the outside looking in, listen, be kind to the person who is struggling and allow you both to learn. The goal really is to combat those ugly guilt, shame thoughts, and ultimately depression and anxiety and all of the other mood changes that can come with new parenthood and in this whole transition. So what am I even talking about? Why do we even need to do this, this compassion thing? You tell me if this sounds familiar. As a person who's struggling, these are the internal thoughts. I'm not doing it right. What's wrong with me? I should be able to handle this. I am not a good mom. I am a bad parent. Or if you're the person on the outside looking in, why can't she just snap out of it? She just had a baby. She's supposed to be happy. What is wrong with her? She really needs to pull it together. Yikes, right? I mean, all of that. Yikes. It's painful. It hurts. So for those who are struggling, let's start off with building some awareness. How do these thoughts even start up for you, the negative thoughts? Let's really think about it. And what I think is absolutely critical when we are thinking about how we feel and why our thoughts are kind of negative is to add context. This podcast is supported by Understood Explains. As parents, we are often having to figure out things as we go. And that is very true for our children's education. And to help you out, I want to tell you about a podcast called Understood Explains. This season is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Uliana Ortube, and she discusses all the things you'd want to know about individual education plans, or IEPs, what they are, why they're needed, who benefits from them, and what to expect when you have meetings with teachers. I could have really used this podcast when my son had an IEP for speech when he was six. I was overwhelmed trying to understand the process and what everything meant. The episode on Understood Explains, Does My Child Need an IEP, was the kind of info that would have really helped me get the most out of the educational support of the IEP for my son. And if you need that kind of support, I really recommend this podcast. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains. If you like this show, there's a decent chance you'll also enjoy The Shameless Mom Academy. Hi, I'm Sarah Dean, the founder and host of The Shameless Mom Academy. The Shameless Mom Academy is a podcast for moms that centers moms more than it centers your kids. I'm not going to teach you how to make baby food or how to make your three-year-old or 13-year-old stop having tantrums. Instead, I'm going to bring you back to yourself. For the last 20 years, I've been helping moms through growth and transformation. Inside the Shameless Mom Academy, I help you identify who you are and who you are becoming. Look, motherhood is hard. It brought me to my knees many times and sometimes still does. Returning to who I am and who I am becoming allows me to decide how to show up in all those sticky motherhood moments, but also in all my other relationships and in all the ways I show up in my various communities. So come check out the Shameless Mom Academy wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm willing to bet you'll leave feeling a little inspired and maybe even completely fired up. 
And you'll probably laugh a few times because I promise we never take ourselves too seriously over here. With 700 episodes to choose from, you're likely going to find something that sparks and speaks to you inside the Shameless Mom Academy. To our scenario. So right, when you are in the throes of feeling like I'm a bad mom, I don't know what I'm doing, usually they're just like free for all feelings. And we leave the context out. We leave the context out of why we feel the way we feel. Well, here's one scenario. Baby is crying. You've tried all the things. Fed, changed, burped, clothes changed, gas drops, whatever. Tummy time, back time, whatever. Still crying. Baby's still crying. And we all feel the stress of this in some way. We've kind of all been there if you've had a baby and this stuff happens. But at what point do you start to feel the stress of this? When do your thoughts start to become more negative, more self-judgmental? And what are they saying? When this is happening, when do you start to feel worse? When do you start to notice the guilt and shame come up? And what's going on around you? Right. So at this point, if you're in the scenario where you're stressed out, all of these things are happening, you just start feeling and potentially becoming overwhelmed. But what's the backdrop to all of this? You haven't slept in a while, let's say, which is pretty common. You haven't slept in a while. Maybe you haven't even eaten yet today. You are overloaded by dealing with, you know, maybe your kid is sick. It It doesn't matter necessarily what details are in there, but I think it's really important to remember the context. And one of those contexts is that you have a baby and maybe this is brand new, or maybe you have two babies and that's brand new. So context, context, context. What is contributing to how you feel? This is part of building our awareness of our sense of feelings. So it's really worth taking stock of all of this. Most of the time, as I said, we are just along for the emotional upheavals. It's happening and we are responding. The feelings are coming and it just feels like rapid fire on some level that it's just coming and there's not a whole lot that we can do to do anything. We're just experiencing it. Okay, so part of the benefit of noticing this pattern for ourselves is that we become aware. We become aware of what happens when we are stressed out and in very in particular when this is happening during pregnancy or postpartum. There's usually a number of things that will consistently lead to higher levels of stress. So what are those things? I will put on your list already sleep deprivation. That's going to be there. But what awareness does for us is it allows us an option. Instead of us just responding and reacting and being on the ride of our roller coaster of emotions, we develop the awareness and we can give the context to say, okay, this is what's happening This is happening now. I understand why. And I'm speaking very rationally. That might not be how it sounds in your head when you're in it. But it gives you an option, an option to change, an option to change what you are doing and how you're reacting. And I'll get to this in a minute, but it it takes a while to get there to the point where you can react and respond differently in the moment. That takes time. I'll just say that when things are really difficult in depression and anxiety and whatever else is going on in terms of mental health, the negative thoughts and feelings just come sometimes. It's not always clear why. It's not that you will always be able to fully fill in the context of why things are happening the way they are. Maybe later you can, but certainly not in the moment always. But how we respond to our thoughts 
and our feelings is where we have the option to choose. So let's go back to what you're saying about yourself in those moments. I'm not doing it right. What's wrong with me? I should be able to handle this. I'm not a good parent. And when we are overwhelmed, tired, exhausted, etc., this all feels so true. But let's do a little thought exercise or two. One, let's pretend that you are feeling and thinking all of these things about yourself and your best friend comes to you and says, you know what? You're right. You do suck. You're not doing it right and you're not a good parent. So just take a minute and see what is your reaction to that. Either one, you feel so badly about yourself and your situation that it makes sense that they're saying that. They're like confirming what you already know and what you already feel. Or two, you're kind of mad, or maybe you are mad. You're like, how rude. I can't believe that you just said that to me. Okay, so just let that sit in there for a second. Second thought exercise. Your best friend comes to you. This is somebody that you love dearly, and they tell you how horrible they feel, that they're not doing it right. They say, what's wrong with me? I am not a good parent. I don't know what I'm doing. What do you say to them? Do you say, uh, yeah, hey, uh, I've been meaning to tell you that you're a horrible mother. All that stuff you think about yourself is spot on. Would you say that? I bet you wouldn't. But why wouldn't you say that? Why wouldn't you say that to somebody who's having a hard time? One, because it's mean. And two, because it's not true. When you're on the outside looking in and you're in a space of compassion, you're able to be supportive, You would know that the person who has those feelings about themselves and are expressing that to you, you would already know that that the things they're saying about themselves is not true. It's based on how they're feeling and all these other factors that may be all that context we talked about that may be contributing to how they feel. So if somebody said these things to you, you're a bad mom, you don't know what you're doing, and you wouldn't say it to somebody that you love, why do we do this to ourselves? Part of the problem is that when we are in our heads so much, and if in particular, if these are things you've been saying to yourself for a long time, it just all seems true in there. Your brain has free reign. It's just going off and saying all this horrible stuff. Well, it's not true. I can tell you that right now. It's a product of stress, sleep deprivation, being unsure of ourselves, which is fine, by the way. It's okay to be unsure of yourself, especially in a new job of being a new parent, having new demands on your time and energy, and really so much more. I urge that if or when you hear this negative self-blaming talk and mean things, to notice it. Notice that it's happening. That's part of this. One of the first steps of awareness is just allowing yourself to notice and taking yourself off the ride of those feelings and thoughts. You're going to be an observer to notice that it's happening and give yourself the grace that you would give your best friend or someone you love a whole lot. Here's an example of what that could sound like. You're going through a lot right now. It makes sense that you would feel overwhelmed. You're tired and overloaded and I understand why you feel bad, but you're not a bad mom. You're not a bad person. You're doing so much great stuff for yourself, for your baby and for your family and we will totally get through this. That's just one example of what it could sound like. It might sound very different for you. But how much better is that? I mean, way better. I'll just answer myself. It's way better. 
It's better to come with compassion and understanding and acceptance than it is to come with judgment and harshness and meanness. I think using this as a way to cope, it takes practice. It takes time. At first, you may not even notice your own thought process until you're way deep in the goo of it. But as you grow your awareness, you practice compassion and catch those feelings earlier and earlier, the better off you'll be. And I can tell you that it's true because I've seen it with my own eyes be helpful to people. And I also use it for myself. I'm not telling you something that I don't try and work on myself. So I'm going to switch gears a little bit to just give some shorthand ideas for other people to develop a more compassionate approach and understanding to perinatal moms and dads who are having a hard time. So first off, hi others, others who are not currently suffering or struggling. I'm glad you're here listening. This is part of your steps of compassion. And if you didn't care, you wouldn't be here listening. So I'm just going to give some shorthand ideas on what gets in the way of supporting compassion. One of the things that gets in the way of compassionate understanding is, you know, please know that whoever is suffering has not chosen this. They did not wake up and decide to cry all day. They did not one day decide to be anxious, so anxious that they can't leave the house. They absolutely did not want to feel this way with a newborn around. They thought they would feel much differently than they do. So this is absolutely, if they're suffering, this is not a choice, just like diabetes or cancer or other health conditions are not a choice. This is something that's happening to them and something that they need help and support and healing through. And part of the reason why I bring this up is that when there's misunderstanding of what's going on, it can often feel, especially when it's related to mental health, it can often feel like, well, you know, they should just be able to snap out of it. So that's one point. Another challenge, I think, for people on the outside is just not having the information, not having enough understanding of what's going on. So if your partner or friend is going through this or family member is going through this, Part of being compassionate is just listening, listening to them, even if you don't understand it, really. And even if you don't believe it, that's fine, too, on some level right now. Just listening can be so supportive and can help you develop your compassion for what they're going through. Then I would suggest to go and read up about what they're telling you. Like every person's experience is going to be different in terms of what they're going through. So they may say, hey, I'm having intrusive thoughts. And you're like, what in the world is an intrusive thought? You can go look that kind of stuff up. Or if they're telling you they're depressed or sad, they might not say the word depressed. They might say sad. They might say they feel useless. They don't know what they're doing or they're so worried they can't stop walking around the house and cleaning. Just check it out. Check out some information. Go on Google, which is not always the best place, but for this, it is. can give some good information. But going to places like Postpartum Support International or any of the amazing organizations that support perinatal mental health is a great way to learn and also to get support yourself, too. It's really confusing when you don't know what's going on. And it leads to a lot of misunderstanding. So one of the ways to bridge that is to read up. One more thought is to know that healing and healing through this in particular, perinatal mood and anxiety, is a healing process. And it usually takes more than just one thing to get better. 
So for instance, you know, I hear a lot that perinatal women are telling me that, oh, people are telling me to just go for a walk and I'll feel better. Well, it doesn't really work like that. So they can't just go for a walk and feel better. They can't just take a nap and snap out of it. It takes time and support to heal. And this is actually where you have a lot of power to help heal. When you step in with some understanding and patience, it can be really healing for the other person. And then you can be connected with them. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. Lynn, this time of year, parenting can be such a fluster clucks. You've come to the right place. I'm Lynn Lyons, and I've been treating anxious families for over 30 years. I'm Lynn's sister-in-law and co-host Robin Hudson. Join us for Fluster Clucks, a podcast for parents who worry. Wait, that's everybody. Yeah, these last few years have felt like one long anxiety attack for so many. Why do you think parents are always surprised that a podcast about anxiety relates to them, even if no one in their house has an anxiety disorder? Well, worry is human. Everyone does it. And anxiety shows up when we face uncertainty. All the parenting tips you've taught me have been essential. I love to break it down into skills we need to manage worry in our families. We've covered so many topics, depression, burnout, meltdowns, perfectionism. Don't forget scary mothers-in-law. Right, but of course that's not my mother-in-law. Because that's my mother. And a listener. As a psychotherapist, I like to teach parents and kids how to respond to everyday moments in healthy ways. Managing anxiety really can be taught. It really can. And I'll even tell you what to say. We talk about serious stuff, but without being too serious. Anxiety wants everything serious. Anxiety doesn't stand a chance when we're laughing, even about the tough stuff you actually get to be a part of them getting back to themselves. And since everyone is different, I can't tell you what to do, but I can say, just take a deep breath, ask your loved one how you can help them. Ask them if they need to talk. Ask them if you know they need to take a nap and you can take care of the kiddo or something like that. But it's about taking a step towards them. Sometimes when we don't understand what's going on, we take a step away. And really perinatal folks, uh, people who are having a hard time are often feeling like alone anyways. So taking a step towards them can be really healing actually for both of you. And in terms of healing, you know, it's like it can be very confusing or frustrating in terms of why can't they just get better? I'll give you like a bit of an analogy. So let's say you broke your leg which is a major injury, you would maybe have to go to the hospital. You'd have to get your bones reset. You'd be in a cast for a while, probably, you know, on the couch for a long time. You'd have a hard time getting around. Weeks go by like that, and slowly the bone is healing, but you still can't walk on it. You have crutches and whatnot. But there's a process happening. The bones are healing. 
And then you take the cast off. Maybe you get a softer cast or some kind of other boot to wear. And you can walk on it, but slowly. You still have to use the supportive crutches and all of that. And then at some point, all that comes off and you go to physical therapy. And you work slowly to get your range of motion back to be able to walk on it. And then over time, you're able to walk just fine, but you can't quite run yet. And then still more time and healing happens until the point where you're back to normal. The healing process for perinatal mental health issues is very similar. It's like an injury that takes time to heal. And there's usually multiple things that can help. And one of them is you. Lastly, if you can for a moment, try to understand that it may be hard for the other person to tell you what's going on. They might not even know how to put it into words. You know, it's very confusing to the person who's suffering to understand and comprehend why they feel the way they feel. Oftentimes they can't put words to it. And sometimes that's frustrating for partners or family members. But I would urge you that this is not the time to check out and say, well, I asked them how they were doing and they couldn't tell me. So, you know, and then just drop it. Usually this is a mother or father who've been through some really difficult things, maybe a traumatic birth or a difficult pregnancy. They're having depression or anxiety. This is kind of the time to say, you know, if they're not able to speak or tell you what's going on, this is the time to say something like, hey, I'm not sure what you need or what's going on, but I'm here for you whenever. This is actually a golden ticket. You don't need to know how to fix it. You just have to show up and that can be so supportive. So I'm going to wrap up there and I'm going to be a little bit optimistic in my thinking here. You know, like how much better would the whole world be if we could all do this for ourselves and each other? It's a powerful tool. It's hard to do sometimes to have self-compassion and have compassion for other people, especially when you don't know what's going on for yourself. They don't know what's going on for you. It's all very confusing. But if you can take those steps back, try and be comfortable with not knowing which is so hard to do, but still take a step towards each other. Take a step towards yourself if you're the person who's suffering and treat yourselves like you would treat someone you love. All right, guys, thanks for listening in. I really hope this gives you a tool or two in coping and healing through the yuck and getting back to the good. And for this and all episodes of Mom and Mind, please find us at www.momandmind.com. Until next time. Thank you for joining us today. Our hope is that you leave here feeling heard, understood, and hopeful. Please share this podcast. Together, we can support moms and families so that no one has to deal with this alone. Come and connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Mom and Mind. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, 
tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.